A reading from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so, somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This is God's word. Thanks, Fred. Evening, everyone. My name's Scott. I'm the student minister. Let me um, pray as we look at God's word together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you for these words written uh, many uh, thousands of years ago, and yet uh, your voice speaking to us uh, truth and life and joy uh, this evening as we read them and think about them together. Father, please would we believe that? as we come to your word, and please would we be changed by them as you speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How can you have a life full of joy? I guess that's fundamentally what, what we all want in life, isn't it? A life filled with joy. Um, everyone's seeking after it. It's promised to us in lots of different ways. It's promised to us in a certain sort of lifestyle, usually just having a little bit more than we currently have. It's promised to us in, in, in relationships, in friendships, in uh, intimate relationships, a, a joy that we share with one another. It's promised to us um, in, in advertising, in, in getting more stuff. Um, it's promised to us by um, Mary Kondo in, in getting rid of all our stuff and having a life filled with joy. That's her thing, isn't it? Joy. In Philippians, we're told several times, we're commanded several times to rejoice. You get it here in verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord. For all of us, we are creatures. And so our fundamental relationship before any other one is the relationship we have with God. 
And so if, if something isn't right in that relationship, then we will not know, we cannot know joy. And so if you want joy in this life, well, you need to be right with God. You need what the Bible calls righteousness, a right relationship with God. So how are we going to get that? If, if righteousness, a right relationship with God is what we need to live a joyful life, how do we get it? Well, our default, our, our, our natural uh, way of pursuing righteousness is to pursue a righteousness of our own. What, the Bible, uh, what, what this passage calls a righteousness of our own. That is all the things that you rely on, all your achievements, all the things you've done, all the things you can do. And that could be a whole range of things. That, those could be religious achievements. You know, I, I come to church most weeks. Um, I try and read my Bible. I pray. Might be a bit more broad than that. Might just be, a, I try and be a good person. I try and treat other people well. Or there might be even, even more sort of background things. Our, our, our upbringing, our intellect, our skill, our reputation. All those things are what the Bible calls call a, pursuing a righteousness of our own. And the problem with, with that sort of righteousness, a righteousness that is our own, is that it will never produce, it can never produce joy. Why not? Well, just, just imagine that today you had lived a, a, a perfect life. Just, just today, uh, you were righteous in what you had done and said and thought. The problem even with that is that you wouldn't be able to enjoy that righteousness because there's always tomorrow. And you can never be sure that tomorrow will be as good as today. Righteousness of our own, based on our own efforts, never leads to joy. It, it just leads to pride when we feel we're doing well or fear when we worry that we're not good enough. And so the alternative that Paul lays out in this passage before us in Philippians is so much better. It is not a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness based, uh, given to us through faith in Christ. A righteousness not my own, but given to us through faith in Christ. That is so much better because it is not, does not depend on you and your achievements. And so it is the only thing that ultimately enables us to rejoice at whatever today, tomorrow brings. That's what we're thinking about this evening, the righteousness that comes to us through faith in Christ that brings real joy. How can we know that real joy? Well, the two things we'll see as we work through the passage. How can we know that real joy? Don't put your confidence in your achievements. Instead, consider everything garbage to gain Christ. Firstly then, uh, the points are on your sheet if you find it helpful to, to follow along. Don't put your confidence in your achievements. Let me read again uh, from verse one. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. 
For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. See, in Philippi, the, the, the version of pursuing a righteousness of their own was to be circumcised. Circumcision was the, the danger that they were likely to fall into. Actually, it's, it's true, not just in Philippi, but across uh, many of the New Testament churches, that people were coming in and, and saying, you've got to be circumcised to be a real Christian. It's the place that they would, they would, they would point to and say, you want to know why I'm right with God? It's this. I mean, hopefully not literally point at it. Um, they might have got arrested. But, but it's the thing that they relied on, the thing that they trusted in to make them right with God. They had confidence in the flesh. What, what is the problem with that? Because Paul clearly has a problem with it. He calls the people that are teaching that, that sort of gospel dogs, evil, mutilators of the flesh. It's a a serious thing. Well, the problem with it is that it undermines the gospel. See, the gospel says that that Christ has done it all. Everything required to, to make me right with God. And I am joined to him by faith. He has done it. I am joined to him by faith. That is the gospel. But this, this gospel that was being proclaimed in Philippi was, yeah, yeah Christ has, has done it, but I've also done it too. Yes, he's died for my sin, but I also bring something to the table, a righteousness of my own. And Paul says, that is not the gospel. That is not the gospel you think that by being circumcised, you're one of God's special people. Well, Paul says, you're wrong. He says, those who are trusting in Christ, we are the circumcision. We who serve God by the Spirit, we who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Those privileges are the Christians by faith in Christ. What's that got to do with us? I guess none of us, are, we're very unlikely to say circumcision is the, is the thing that I bring to the table. What is the thing for you that you, you point to and say, here, here is the reason I can have confidence in my right relationship with God? Could be any number of things, couldn't it? It could be, I, I, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. And so God must like that, mustn't he? I'm a, I'm a moral person. I'm just much better at keeping the rules than, than the average person. I'm just, I'm just nicer than other people. I'm more tolerant. Maybe it's a bit more functional. I, I've got more to bring to the table. I'm, I'm cleverer. I've got more skills. Whatever it is, whatever our particular version of it, all of those things are our confidence in the flesh. They are, what, what do I bring alongside the work of Christ to make me right with God? And that is the very reason that, that it's sort of appealing. 
we sort of we sort of want a bit of the credit. We want to think that yeah, I, I've brought something to this. Paul knew that temptation. He knew what that was like. He acknowledges here that actually he had reasons to be confident in the flesh, things that he'd inherited, but also things that he'd worked hard for. Look down at verse four. Paul speaking says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. See what Paul is, is saying? He, he's saying, I've, I've got the background, the upbringing, and the education, the connections. And I've worked hard. I've, I've been driven and worked hard for the things that I've got. If anyone has grounds for confidence in the flesh, it was Paul. But Paul's given all that up for something much better. Verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Some of us here this evening might well have a, a long list of reasons to be confident in the flesh. A decent list of achievements in our lives already. Maybe you have the, the background and the upbringing, the education, the connections. Maybe you're a hard worker, you're driven. Maybe you're an outwardly good person. That could be uh, true of you if, if you call yourself a Christian or not. And those can easily be things that, that, that you think, I'm just going to look there for my confidence. Maybe that will be enough. Maybe if, if nothing else works, I'll have that in reserve uh, to bring out. But that is not the gospel, is it? And that sort of thinking, it can never bring a real joy. Paul says, don't put your confidence in your achievements. Instead, secondly, consider everything garbage to gain Christ. Look at verse seven. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. See, for all Paul's achievements, he's learned that nothing compares to knowing Christ being right with God, his righteousness, it's not just a status that he's given. It is knowing Christ. It is being in him. And so all those things that he once thought were in his favor, well, they are now nothing compared to knowing Christ. It's a little bit, um, a little bit like, imagine a man who... Um, uh, is obsessed with collecting pennies, okay? I don't know why, just is. Um, he, he spent 
uh, much of his life just, just collecting pennies, uh, finding them everywhere, wherever he finds them, and he takes them home and he cleans them up um, and polishes them, uh, shines them, and adds them to his collection. He's, he's put a lot of work in. And so over the years, he's, he's amassed 10,000 uh, pennies. Makes a lovely display on his bathroom wall. And he thinks he's done pretty well. I mean, it's, you know, it's 100 quid, not bad. And then one day, um, he meets and falls in love with and marries a billionaire. And suddenly, that, that thing that he'd worked so hard for, that he'd put so much energy into, the thing that had become so important and precious to him, is, is worth nothing in comparison to the riches that he now enjoys in relationship with his wife. That's a little bit what it's like when you become a Christian. Even the most impressive achievements, even those things that you've, you've poured yourself out for, that you've, you've worked really hard to get, even the things that you're most proud of in this world suddenly seem like nothing compared to Christ. That is, that is the greatest thing about this righteousness that comes by faith. See, sometimes uh, we fall into trap thinking that, that righteousness is, is simply a sort of calculation. So it's, you know, it's, it's my, my debt of sin is wiped out. And instead, I'm, I'm given the, the, the riches of heaven. And that is true. That is what we are given in this righteousness. But that is not all. And all of those things, that debt wiped out, those riches are yours in Christ because you know him and are in him. And so is it any wonder that, that Paul can say, I consider all those things, all those things that I used to work so hard for, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. See, literally those things that we place so much worth in, that we chase after, they are like the, the, the filth that washes down the street when it rains. When you compare them to Jesus, they're, they're rubbish. You'd be as well throwing them out. Just imagine um, for a minute in your mind, what, is the, what do you think is the best thing that could happen to you this week? The, like in your wildest dreams, what is the best thing that could happen this week? Maybe it's, I don't know, it's, it's the promotion you've always been looking for, the top grades in your first assignment. It's the relationship that you think will somehow complete your life winning the lottery and never having to worry about money again. Whatever it is that you, you picture as, as the most amazing thing that could happen to you this week, it is nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Just think, um, if you're uh, heading, out, uh, heading out for dinner after church at seven, you haven't eaten beforehand, it's getting a bit late, stomach's rumbling, preacher's going on a bit. <laughs> what, what are you going to have? What would you rather have uh, for dinner? Would you rather head out to um, the Michelin-starred restaurant 
in Mayfair. All paid for. Or do you just want to go out there and scrape up the muck on the pavement and pop, pop that on a plate and get a fork from the cupboard and tuck into that? It's a silly example, but, but that, is the, that is the choice when we are choosing between a, a righteousness of my own. Even the best things, they're just like rubbish that you gather from the street. Whatever that thing is that, that you point to and say, this is, this is the source of my confidence. I've done this. It is, it is worth nothing compared to knowing Christ. Sometimes those things that we, that we look to, that we want to base our righteousness on, they can't be good things. They can be things like coming to church and reading your Bible and, and praying, trying to, to serve others and look out for them. But even those things can sometimes be, be a way of actually keeping Jesus at arm's length. point Paul is making is, is don't settle for filth when you've been given a, a Michelin-starred meal. I wonder, as we think about this, do you really believe that knowing Christ is better than anything, than even your wildest dreams? I think that is hard, isn't it? If, if like me, you struggle to hold on to that, and what you need is, is, is not to try a little bit harder, is not to just do more stuff to earn a little bit more righteousness. Now, what you need is, is to know more of Christ and all that you have in him. And so our, our response with Paul is to be, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Look at verse 10. Paul says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So Paul, is, Paul is speaking here as a Christian. He's long since given up um, the garbage, the things that he used to trust in for his righteousness. And yet his cry here is still, that he would know more of Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know him more. I want to know that the power of his resurrection, that power that brought him to life, that brings hope and joy. But also to, to know participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That is, I don't just want to settle for the easy life, for the comfortable way. No, I, want, I want to live a life that matters, that, that, that knows Jesus more, even when that's costly. For Paul, that meant literally giving, uh, giving up uh, some of the things that he once uh, was confident in. It might mean that for us too. It might mean actually letting go of some of our hopes and aspirations and dreams so that we might know Christ 
more. It might be costly to follow him, but knowing him gives us a confidence. A confidence that because I've been given a righteousness that is not my own, and it is a gift from him, well, I can be confident that what is true of Jesus will be true of me. That is because Jesus has been raised from the dead and exalted to the Father's right hand. I can have a hope in eternity with him. Not because of my righteousness, not because of all those things I do, but because he has done it and has given it to me. That is confidence. That, that will bring joy. Even when you feel like you don't have a lot to bring. I guess after, after this, whatever it's been, a year and a half um, of lockdown, I know that, that many of us are struggling. We just feel like we haven't really, haven't really gone anywhere as a Christian. If anything, we've gone backwards. Maybe you find it really hard to, to read the Bible and you just sort of, instead of being outward looking and looking for others, you just hid away and went into yourself. You're standing with God, your righteousness is not your own. It is not based on how well uh, you coped with the past two years. However hard or easy uh, you find it coming back uh, to church and, and reconnecting with others. It's not even based on the, on the strength of your faith in him. Now, your righteousness is given to you. It is his and he gives it to you. When you really believe that, when you can hold on to that, all the other things that, that you might be tempted to, to, to put your confidence in, to cling to, they all fall away one by one. The greatest gain is to know him. So if, if you want a, a real joy, a joy that lasts, that's not just temporary and, and then gone, don't rely on your achievements. That's the simple point really, isn't it? Don't rely on those things that you do. They will, they'll always let you down um, eventually. But, but knowing Christ and the righteousness that he gives will never let you down. It enables you to have a joy and a confidence that actually go above and beyond your circumstances, whether life is going well or it's really hard. There is a joy that comes from knowing him. And so as we, as we finish, make that um, your cry. Whatever, whatever, however you feel about the past couple of years, however you feel about the past week, Make your cry with Paul. I want to know Christ. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for the garbage. I want to know Christ. Don't, don't rely on a righteousness that is your own. I want to know Christ. The righteousness that he gives. I want to know Christ. Make that your prayer and no real joy, lasting joy in him. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, the gospel is extraordinary that in, in Christ we have been given a righteousness that is not our own, but is by faith in him. Father, it's a, anyways, it's a simple truth, but it's one we so easily forget in the way that we live. And we, we so often uh, build up our own or try to build up our own store of righteousness. And Father, we wonder why it, why it lets us down and why it leaves us at feeling empty and without joy. Father, we praise you that real joy, lasting joy, is found in knowing Christ, in knowing him and being found in him. Father, please, would you convince us of that this evening, uh, where we don't believe it, where we find it hard uh, to believe it and to live it out. Father, would we be those who can rejoice, not because life is always going well, but because we know Christ and all that is ours in him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.